What's up, everybody? My guest today is Rob Chestnut, former general counsel and chief ethics officer at Airbnb. He's now staying on as an advisor while he promotes his upcoming book, Intentional Integrity, How Smart Companies Can Lead an Ethical Revolution. It drops in late July. You guys should definitely check it out. We're living through a time when companies must support their customers and employees in the social missions at hand. And as we wage war today on inequality, this conversation arrives at a key time. Hope you enjoy. I think it's crazy to be speaking to a chief or former chief ethics officer at this point in history. <laughs> when, when was that point with all that, that's going on in the news, Rob? You were like, my company has to make a statement here. We, we have to, to stand up for this right now. Well, you can see it coming, Michael. I mean, the world's changing. Just in the last several years, you've seen tech leaders, you know, business leaders, celebrities, all getting called out for bad conduct. You see employees at major companies doing walkouts. The world is pushing companies and leaders to behave better. Uh, I think the internet, the power of the internet, the power of video means that things that were being brushed under the rug in the past are now in the light of day for everybody to see. And that's putting increasing pressure on people to behave with integrity. George Floyd's killing last week. I think it's it's all part of this movement more broadly in the world for greater accountability uh, and, and a movement to see that people are not going get, to get away with the sort of thing that was going on in the past. If it's wrong, it's going to be out there for everybody to see, and people are going to be pushed to change. I think that's healthy. So Airbnb donated to the cause at hand, Black Lives Matter, NAACP, $500,000. A host of other companies are joining into the conversation. Why do you think it's important that companies be supporting us as we go and fight for equality and racism, our favorite brands, our favorite companies? You know, well, what we've seen, Michael, just in the last several years, the, in the old days, we expected one thing from a company, right? And that one thing was make money, hit a quarterly number, right? And the old way of thinking in business school was do what's right for the shareholder. And usually the way that was interpreted was do what's right for the quarterly number this time, for the share price right now. That old view is fast becoming discredited. And what people are really now recognizing is that we need more from companies. We need companies to take a broader view and help solve some of the world's biggest problems. You know, I think one of the reasons we have a climate change problem is that all companies were doing was, let's just get our product out. Let's just hit this number. Let's don't worry about the broader impact that our product or service may have on the world. As companies are being forced to think about multiple stakeholders, they're also being pushed by their employees, by their customers, by the broader communities to take a position on some issues that in the past they would just stay away from. But look, employees want to be proud of the place that they work. Employees want to, you know, it's their brand too. Employees are being asked to buy into the mission. Well, they want to be proud of that company. So employees are now looking at leaders and saying, you need to step up. Uh, customers are putting pressure as well. Customers are moving their spending habits. They're moving their dollars to companies with values that are similar to their own values. 
companies are not getting a pass anymore on staying quiet. They're going to need to speak up on social issues, at least those issues that have some relationship to their mission, to their, uh, their broader stakeholder community. When will companies, when will them saying these things turn from marketing taglines to an operational necessity of the business to be in line with the social mission, with the environmental mission? When is that gonna become part of the business model instead of part of the, the marketing press kit? Well, that's what's changing, right? Again, in the old days, you put out the statement, but then you went right back to worrying about hitting your quarterly number. I think things are, are, are going to change when companies start measuring things other than just the, the financial numbers. Look, you're always gonna be measuring the numbers because investors are important stakeholders. But you've also gotta start measuring other things. And you have to recognize that what your employees think really matters what your customers think really matters. And increasingly, Michael, I think the world is holding companies to a higher standard. And they're not gonna be able to just put out a press release and then forget about it anymore. What would you say to the companies that might not be coming out right now and supporting what's going on right now? I know that most companies are, you know, the big names they are. But some yeah. companies aren't going to say anything right now. Maybe they won't ever. What would you say to those companies in 2020? That your silence is perceived as indifference or worse. And that as a leader, you need to get over the fear of saying something that might be controversial. Uh, that your customers, your employees, and your communities need more from you than that, and that if you don't deliver, they will go elsewhere. Rob, you're a lawyer by trade. You've been general counsel at so many different companies in so many different industries. What might be more dangerous for a company? A public relations crisis as it relates to not coming out and supporting a cause, a comment being made in the press, something along the lines of indifference towards social impact or worse, or on the other hand, Maybe I'm thinking a, a Bayer or Monsanto type class action lawsuit about a faulty product. These are two huge fears that companies have, which is the one a chief legal officer in 2020 would be pushing to protect. Well, I don't think you've got the luxury of picking just one. Uh, I think you got to worry about both. The power, Meg Whitman used to call it the power of ant. Uh, don't make me choose between two things that are both important. But I will say that 10 years ago, that would have been a much easier question to answer. People would have said, you know, would have said they'd be more worried about the bear, the Monsanto, the product sort of action. More and more, as a general counsel, if you're not worried about a, a misstep by a leader, an integrity misstep, either because of something you say or something you don't say, if you're not thinking about that, you're missing a big part of your job. You're not thinking about risk properly because I, I think that's a, a risk that is growing exponentially uh, just in the last couple of years. Do you think that chief legal officers need to be trained kind of like you said in a more inclusive and socially conscious way? Or maybe we go back to the law schools and the business schools. They're kind of on this note already, but does it need to be more? Yeah, you need to, you need to start back then. Uh, again, 
I'll give you an example of the, of the new way of thinking. Uh, back in 2016, I had been general counsel at Airbnb for just a couple months. And the word on the, on the internet started coming out that uh, people of color were being discriminated against on Airbnb, that they weren't able to get a room uh, because of the color of their skin. And it became uh, a movement. I think it was a hashtag, you know, Airbnb while black. It led to several lawsuits. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a class action against Airbnb for this. And I remember I'd just been the general counsel for a couple months. So I go to Brian Chesky, the CEO. I've done my research, right? I'm been the good lawyer. I've looked into what is the responsibility of a platform if some of its users commit acts of discrimination, uh, even against the specific terms of use of a company, right? So I start to go through it with Brian. Brian looks at me and he says, stop, I don't care. I said, you don't care? He said, no. He said, I don't care what the law says. He said, because if this sort of thing is going on through Airbnb, then we are failing in our mission. Our mission is to connect people you know, to use immersive travel to get human beings from different walks of life and different parts of the world to really meet in an authentic human way and get to know each other. That's our mission. So if this is going on, we're failing. So he said, I don't care what the law says, we're fixing it. And I'm like, wow, that's fabulous because that, that resonates with me on a personal level. And it enabled me to lawyer differently. Instead of filing a brief saying, as a legal matter, a platform is not responsible for the acts of its users. You know, what I was able to do is get on an airplane and go down and meet with the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing and say, you know, hi, we can argue about the law, but let's not waste our time because we agree with you. We're appalled by this discrimination as well, and we're not going to stand for it. We're going to fix things. And so rather than fight each other, why don't we partner? And that's what we did. I think it's great that you partnered with the, the legal sector and the public sector in that situation. There's this ethos in Silicon Valley where you go ahead and you do and you make things first. And then when something bad happens, you ask for forgiveness. I actually saw you on the, the Uber Advisory Council. You've yeah. been around Silicon Valley and, and you've taken on these jobs in these, with these startups like Airbnb that have these tremendous uh legal uh entanglements and they're new on the block and people are kind of disrupted by them how do you bring all these various opinions and problems into meaningful advice to the company well you got to go back to a couple of a couple of principles to start with number one you have to know what is your company's purpose what's its mission Again, in the old days, I think a lot of people would look at me kind of confused and say, well, it's to make a profit. That doesn't cut it. Uh, purpose is not profit. Profit is an outgrowth of running a successful business, but it's not the reason you run the business. Why do you exist? What's your mission? So you need to understand that, number one. Number two, you got to understand who your stakeholders are. At Airbnb, we're very explicit about it. You know, our, our investors are stakeholders, but they're not our only ones. Our guests, our hosts, our employees, and the communities where we do business, they all matter. They're all our stakeholders. So when we look at a problem, 
we frame it in the context of how does this problem relate to our purpose? How do the proposed solutions relate to our purpose? How are the different stakeholders impacted by what we're thinking about doing? And are we giving proper weight and due over time at least to each of the stakeholders? So if you frame it, if you've got a frame like that around the way that you operate, that really helps from an integrity perspective because for me, integrity is around recognizing and giving to your stakeholders what their due is. So for example, a company that is only worried about making a profit is only thinking about investors. They're not having, they're not worried at all about the uh, polluting the air and their factory or the stream next to their factory. They're not worried about who is supplying the clothing that's being made on the other side of the world. They're not worried about what their executives do with the employees out drinking at night or the conflicts of interest. So I, I, I go back to the purpose, the mission, and the stakeholders. I think it'd be really, really powerful if you made like a 15 second for like young people who are really angry right now. If there was like one piece of advice, I could put the video on social media and, and say, mm -hmm. hey, this is the former chief ethics officer at Airbnb saying this. We're at an unprecedented time in our nation's history. It is imperative that we all get involved. It's great to post something on our social media that we care, but even more importantly, we need to get out, join organizations, get involved in the communities, and most importantly of all, vote. Silence is perceived as indifference. Please don't be silent, speak up. This conversation was really, really timely. Thank you for providing your perspective. Thank you for giving me the platform and inviting me on, Mike. Boys and girls, that was Rob Chestnut, former general counsel and chief ethics officer at Airbnb. Companies must adapt to a new social fabric or risk losing complete relevance in today's mission-driven world. I wanna voice my support for the protests right now and emphasize how Campaign Zero is an organization doing important work to develop policy tools and strategies to end police violence in this country. If you're considering donating or supporting an organization, Campaign Zero is one I am pushing. Stay safe, stay frosty, and stay energized for change.